This is the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet, Episode 30. Welcome to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, the show dedicated to helping engineers thrive. Today, I speak with Dr. Ben Ritter on the benefits of self-leadership and how to really take the reins with your own work and career. Hi, everybody. Pat Sweet here, and welcome to episode 30. Very exciting to be able to say that. Uh, 30 episodes in and still going strong, having lots of fun. And uh, to those of you who are new to the show, maybe this is the first time you listen or maybe you're just getting into it, uh, very excited to have you here along for the ride. Uh, as is usually the case, I'm very, very excited about today's show, about my chat with Ben Ritter. So uh, let's jump right into it. Whether we realize it or not, we are all leaders. If nothing else, we lead ourselves. We make the big decisions in our lives and careers and follow our own distinct paths. We have our own visions of our futures and our own goals to which we are striving. The question is, are you leading yourself with intention or are you just rolling with the punches? For many of us, we lead ourselves haphazardly. We drift through our careers and make decisions based on the opportunities that happen to come up rather than creating the opportunities we really want. We chase the goals and accomplishments that the people around us seem to value, but not necessarily the ones we value ourselves. Luckily, you really do have the power to lead yourself and help others to do the same. We all have the ability to really take the reins and give ourselves real direction within our own lives. In this episode of the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, I speak with Dr. Ben Ritter about the importance of leading yourself and how to start if you've never tried. Dr. Ben Ritter is a leadership and career coach, values geek, international speaker, podcaster, author, and mentor, and is passionate about guiding others in finding, creating, and sustaining the careers they really want. Ben has a Bachelor of Business Administration from Loyola University in Chicago, an MBA in Entrepreneurial Management, and MPH in Health Policy Administration, both from the University of Illinois at Chicago, and his doctorate in organizational leadership with a focus on value congruence and job satisfaction from Pepperdine University. Here is my chat with Dr. Ritter. Dr. Ben Ritter, thank you so very much for joining me today on the Engineering and Leadership Podcast. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you here. I am pumped and excited to be here. And every time I've ever been introduced like that, I always just want to go, ah, really? Why am I here? I'm going to, you know what? Forget it. And then it's like end the episode. I just, I just, I'm so torn. I cannot do a normal intro anymore. <laughs> no, this is good. This is exciting. And, 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 and part of the reason I'm so excited to, to chat with you is it's so easy to chat with you. And, and of course, we, we chatted a little bit prior to this, uh, prior to this interview to, to kind of discuss ideas and all the rest. And, and there's so, so much we could, we could talk about here, uh, probably have you on for, for a number of episodes. But today, um, what I wanted to get into is self-leadership. And maybe just to kick things off, could you describe for someone who's maybe not familiar with the term, what is self-leadership? Yeah, we all do it each and every single day. Self-leadership is basically every single decision that you make, literally, and probably every single thought that you have. It's 
you, you know, the reason why you have the environment that you have, the job that you have, the relationships that you have, it is ultimately the ability to lead for, for you to lead yourself. And if you're not choosing to lead yourself, you're ultimately leading yourself. So no matter what you're doing it, uh, but too often we just don't do it in a way that serves us or aligns with who we truly are. And that leads to complications and stress and frustrations and feeling stuck and, and then, you know, being a victim and blaming people. And ultimately we are the ones to choose and to create the life that we have. Right. So I, I suppose, I think that's really interesting. What you're saying here is, is whether you mean to or not, you're, you're leading yourself. So the question is more about intentionality. Yeah, what's super neat about leadership, so even think about just general leaders that you have in your life, for them to be a leader, you need to accept them as a leader. So even if someone has a role or, or a status, if you don't believe that they're a leader, they, they won't lead you because you're not, you're not choosing to let them. There's that choice there. But when it comes to us, when it comes to self-leadership, you're ultimately choosing to lead whatever programming is within you without like by default, it just happens. And so there's not that same level of conscious choice. It's subconscious. And so a lot of times, if we want to create a life that's different than where we are or create, you know, accomplish something that we haven't accomplished yet, we need to make a conscious choice and override that default. And not a lot of people realize that or are able to really understand how to do that. So I guess the, the idea then is, is recognizing that you are leading yourself, right? That, that you don't really have a choice. It's just, are you, are you on autopilot or not, right? Oh, yeah. And we are all on some sort of autopilot. And, and for, for good reason, though. We have learned how to survive in the life that we've created for ourselves or the life that we've ended up in, right? Even though ultimately we've created it. So those programs, the, the little leaders inside you that, you know, tell you that you're good enough or tell you to do this or tell you that don't do that, it's scary. Those are there for a reason. And especially within our career, you know, hey, I can't say no to my boss is a, is a belief that you've created because you're, you know, worried about keeping your job. So that's a good leader too. But does it ultimately serve you? Does it create the lifestyle that you want, the relationships that you want? Do you have the mental and physical health that you want? Right, right. So in in your work, uh, I'm assuming you run into plenty of folks who are not are not actively leading themselves. They're not they're not um, executing self-leadership in a in a uh, in an intentional way. Now, what what would you say to someone who's not who's not really taking the reins in terms of the benefits of of doing that? What 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 could someone who starts to actively lead themselves expect to see in their lives when they start doing that. Mm. So you have clarity of purpose. So you understand what's meaningful to you. You know, your, your personal and professional brand, you, you like, this is what I stand for. A great way to know if you have clarity or not is if you can walk into a room and network and you're not worried about what people are thinking about you because you just know what you believe in. And you also know the process to get there. So you know the things that are going to move the needle. And so you have some clarity of of the how and the what and the when, et cetera, as well. And then you feel confident to get there. Having clarity actually feeds into confidence, but then you also are intentionally learning the areas that you're curious about and want to take action in. You are ultimately, you know, telling yourself that you're good enough. So you want to write a book, like people want to listen to me. I have something to share. And I am an, I am a good enough writer. 
or I can hire someone to edit my writing. Like there's that confidence piece. And then you're intentionally controlling how you're spending your time in the environment that you've created for yourself. So the relationships you're investing in, you're saying no to people that are really not aligned with what you're trying to create in your life. And so you have a, it's basically creating a lifestyle that's easy, easier for you, more efficient for you, more effective for you. And so you're not constantly fighting and having to realign, say, oh, do I really want to do this? Does this make sense for me? It's just, it's, it's just kind of a, a I, I personally like process and it's a way to create a lifestyle that is based on the process that you want to, you know, uh, the way that you want to live basically. And I don't want to put all this pressure on individuals because it, it kind of sounds like it, like, Hey, you are responsible for what you create in the world. You have to be accountable and feel empowered for what you want to do. But it's also like, people don't all know this and it's a leader's responsibility within organizations too, an organization's responsibility to create an environment that does that for the individual too. So I think there's both sides here of, we just need to understand that humans are humans and individuals that have a certain level of needs and wants and desires and visions for themselves. And we need to figure out how to pull that out, put that up front, and then leverage that to get to the goals that we want as an organization or as a team or as, or as an individual and self. So this is really interesting. I hadn't really thought about the role that an organization has with respect to creating this environment where where self leadership can can happen. So what what kind of things would you would you recommend or what kind of problems do you see in organizations that kind of stifle that? What can what can an organization do to to really help people flourish with respect to self leadership? Overall you have this umbrella of the organization and so they just need to be communicating very consistently what their values are. What what their you know what their Clarity is so three C's of self-leadership, clarity, confidence, and control. So they have to be basically instilling the vision that they want to create in the world, the purpose, the reason why they exist, and the process for them to get there. And I think process is big and people need to understand where the organization is going. They also need to empower individuals through feedback and recognition, and they need to help the individuals that are working there feel confident that the company is going to exist. They have to feel safe and they have to feel that they can trust them. And then they have to be, you know, the company has to be consistent. It has to be very intentional about the actions it takes, the communications it sends out, the products they decide to go into, the partnerships they choose to make. So that's just like a big umbrella. So this is just an organizational culture, basically, is what I'm saying. It needs to be very clear and concise and effective and efficient. And if that's missing, it becomes a lot harder for an individual leader to do that for their department. Now, you can. You can if it's missing. It's just, again, a lot harder because if your employees don't have trust, they don't have a foundation to, for you to get the information you need f- to cultivate an environment that helps them lead themselves. Because if I don't feel safe and I don't trust you and I don't trust the other organization, then I'm not going to tell you the things that are meaningful to me or that matter to me. And I'm actually going to be operating from a place of I need to protect myself. I'm going to keep my information inside and I'm going to I'm going to try to act in a way that I think keeps me safe and keeps my job. Right. So, so another way, the, the way I think about this, the words you've used make me think of vulnerability and how yeah. a, a, an organization or, or leaders need to make it okay for people within the organization to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. And a leader require, like, needs that. If you don't have that, then what you're going to, what you're going to create within your department is a culture of, a culture of reaction, a culture of yes, Right? And a culture of hidden, of, of, of hidden secrets, where as an employee, what, what you need to know from me 
to ensure that I'm engaged and that I'm not kind of just sneaking by during the day, especially with remote work, and that I'm not applying for other positions because I don't feel that this is the right fit for me. What you need from me is information. And for you to get that information, that vulnerability, I need to feel safe and trust you, et cetera. I feel like you're on my side and feel like I have a future here. So then once that environment is created, and let's say as a leader, your organization isn't safe, how do you create that? Well, it's giving them what I just said the organization has to give. So I'm, I'm trusting first. I'm telling you my vision. I'm telling you uh, the, the values that I feel are important. I'm telling you the strengths that I see in you as an employee. I'm giving you that positive feedback and I'm say giving and giving you areas of improvement, but in a way that, that actually is related to feedback. And then I'm helping you actually prioritize your schedule as well and, and making sure that you're on track. So if I do that for you, now we've created an environment of trust and shared vision. And now I can sit down and talk to you and ask you questions like, what work do you really like working on? Well, what work, what work don't you really get the point of? What work do you dislike? Um, who do you who do you feel like you have a really good working relationship within this department? Is there anyone else that you'd like to work with? Are there any departments that are interesting to you or projects that I can help kind of coordinate that so you can do a little bit, maybe like a 20% opportunity with? And are you finding it difficult to, to schedule certain things? Do you have enough, you know, do you have enough on your plate, right? Do you have enough um, time for yourself to be creative, to, to reflect, but also get the work done? And so you're coaching and guiding them as a mentor. And then what you're doing with that information, you're taking notes. And the, one of the biggest things I see missing when I work with senior executives and leaders is a lack of a performance management system. And that's like a big, scary word. Mm -hmm. But all I mean is I have a document and a folder and I write down the stuff that you tell me. And I have categories such as strengths, areas of improvement, vision, you know, and, and like these are important because next time I, I meet with you, I go... You said you were working on this project and then I can reflect and say, okay, focus on their strengths for a second. How, you know, um, tell me something that happened strategically within this, within this role or project, or tell me something that happened where you were able to work cross-functionally and de-silo. Like there's, so now all of a sudden I'm having a conversation that is along a, or a vision of their performance and development and that connects with what they care about. So I'm also motivating them to lead themselves more as well. Right, right. It, it's amazing how effective a simple system can be. And, and, and in fact, it can often be better than some big, you know, sexy SaaS product that your company subscribes to. Like uh, often like a, a pen and a piece of paper can do wonders. You just need to think of, of actually pulling them out and referring to them later. I think that's, I think that's brilliant. So let, let's imagine a world where we've got we've got this organization and and it really is facilitating these kinds of conversation, uh, this kind of vulnerability. People are feeling like they they really can get to a point where they lead themselves and loop others in to to facilitate their you know their their goals and their aspirations. Where should someone start as an individual? to lead themselves? What are the first steps that they as individuals should take? Because I think a lot of people, even if the conditions were perfect, you, you maybe want to launch into that conversation. Maybe they don't know what they want. Maybe they've not really articulated where it is they, they want to go. What, what would you recommend to someone who's really just wrapping their heads around this for the first time? You know, one of the biggest things that individuals don't do is examine their story. They don't know how they've gotten to where they are today. 
And I'd say sit down and map out your professional and personal journey, map out the high points, the low points, and just get a good understanding of how you've ended up where you are today. And then take a look at that and say, okay, based on this, what is it? What does it seem like that I care about? So once you do that, you're able to pull out your values, what's most important to you, and kind of just get a better understanding of where you might want to go next. Because so often we go, this is what I want to do next, but it's based off of an achievement mentality and something that you just think maybe you want, like a status symbol or a title, or maybe it's at a certain company. But we we forget that 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 desire may not be based into who we truly are. It may be based on you know social pressures or professional pressures and such. And so it's just a good way for us, if we have this background with, with who we are and that awareness, we can ensure that our next steps also align with that. And if we, we might even see like, oh, what I've done so far is actually reacts to opportunities instead of create opportunities. So the thing I want next is based off of information that maybe isn't something I should be basing my next decisions off of. Let's make a conscious choice to move forward. So long story short, you need to just understand how you got to where you are today and really pull yourself out of the work and take a uh, do it like a hard little audit on, okay, so based on all this, what do I truly care about? And am I going in the right direction? Right, right. Having that, that sense of your own history in a very, almost like, almost like you're conducting a study on yourself, which, exactly. which would be hard, I think, for a lot of people, right? Who, who have never, have never thought to do that. So, so let, let's say, let's say, gosh, you realize you look at your history and the next steps that you thought you should take are in fact, not, not the right fit for you. They're not in line with who you view yourself as, as a person and a professional. What then? How do, you, mm-hmm. how do you reconcile yourself to that? Yeah. Because I, I, I could see for a lot of people that being that being really scary, right? Feeling like you're on a path, feeling like you're headed in the right direction. Then holy cow, no! Like this is this is not for me. That would be it'd be very um, uh, uh, unsettling, I think, for a lot of people. Well, often I'll start working with a client, and they come to me because they feel stuck, and they don't they re- they realize they're not in the place they want to be. They don't have that clarity of this is what I want to do next. And often, to be honest, it's that's the case. I feel stuck. I know I, w- I need to do something else, but I don't know what that is. So usually the what that is is missing. And they fill the what that is with, I need a new job or I need to start a business, usually. And if you feel that where you're at isn't where you should be, you become disengaged. You, you know, This is like the greatest cost to an organization. I think they said it was anywhere from what is the cost of a disengaged employee, like 30, 40% of their salary, maybe more. It's like more costly for them to stay at their job than to leave. Oh, it's astronomical. Yeah. 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 And the, the greatest mindset and belief that I think changes when I work with clients and it, I can tell you, it might, and it probably isn't going to change. So we have to work with it is that you don't have to leave to get on the right path. Hmm. What you need to do is figure out how to make the most of where you are. And the reason why you're not making the most of where you are is because you haven't had the foundation of clarity in terms of the type of work that you want to work on or the, the challenges that you want to face in the future, like a variety of other things. And this, this brings up this, this topical area of job crafting. And job crafting is basically a way to take your position and mold it to, to who you are as an individual and to assure that it, it adds value towards your future career path. So for example, 
you're working at a position and you feel stuck, so you become a little bit resentful, so you stop really volunteering for work and you pull back from relationships and you build this environment that doesn't serve you at all. It actually drains you. And I've been there. I was a healthcare executive going into work not to work. I was just like, how do I get through the day? And what you need to do in those instances when you realize that you're not in the right place is stop and say, how do I make this the right place? And how do I stop being my greatest enemy? Because no one else is responsible for, for, for myself. And so you go, okay, I'm working on this type of work right now. And what do I need to change? What do I need to take off my plate to be able to start doing some work that I enjoy? And by the way, a lot of people that are stuck, they're just, they don't have boundaries by the way. They, they have no boundaries because they don't have any clarity. So they just, and they, they have this mentality of if I work harder, I'll get farther. Mm-hmm. And if I get further, I'll be happy. But then they get further and they're not happy. And they go, wait, so I have to work harder because then I'll be happy. And so they it, basically a big part of this, these individuals mindset is taking a step back and saying, what work do I really want to do? What work don't I want to do? And being able to mold at least that portion whilst and saying no to work that is just overwhelming and things that they're just doing because they think they need to do. Right. You, and you have this, you have this power. People, you you can go to someone today that hasn't listened to this entire conversation and go, you can say no, and they'll be like, no, what are you talking about? I can't do that. I'm going to lose my job. And like, but you don't like your job, and they're like, but it's important that people like me. And like, so it's because it's because you don't like yourself. Ah, you know. It's, uh, there's a. It, it reminds me. There's a. There's a really good book from a, a gentleman named Charlie Gilkey called uh, Start Finishing. Uh, really brilliant productivity book. And and one of the concepts he talks about is, is head trash. You know, all of these stories we tell ourselves about the way the world is and the way things need to be that got there. Who knows how they got there, but just aren't true. But those those stories and those decisions about the reality of the world, whether you have any objective evidence back it up or not, it really holds a lot of people back. And, that, and that's a lot of what I'm, I'm hearing from you is it, this, this story that we tell ourselves that the solution is work harder, advance, and I'll be happy. Or the solution is leave, right? It, it's very binary. And in, in our worlds, in the world of, of, of engineering and, and most other pro- professions, frankly, it's not binary. Life is not like that. There's there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of complexity, um, and I, I really like this term job crafting that you brought up. One of my one of my personal mentors has been an expert job crafter uh, since I've known him, and his interests have waxed and waned over years, and he's been able to to really tune his career to to accommodate that. And it never really occurred to me before that you really do have quite a degree of agency, particularly in engineering, over the kind of stuff you get involved in. It's it's remarkable. I work with a lot of individuals trying to grow in their career, and they don't think about the next job they want from a point of a point of this is going to be important to me because I can apply my values more and I get to grow within my in my career and, and learn new skills that I'm interested in. So moving away from status and going towards more so like growth and learning. And when you do that, you actually start looking at your current job and go, how do how how can I do this now? And if you can if you can do that now, that also actually makes it easier for you to take the next step. You think about it, if you're in an interview and saying, I want to do this, or you're in an interview and say, I've done this, 
because I was proactive enough and was able to craft a little bit of my position to take this into account, it's completely different and will, will change your professional trajectory. So how do you how do you maintain this this view of yourself and your career and, and lead yourself in the long run? Because everything we've talked about so far has been related to kind of this 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 awakening for for want of a better term, right? Realizing that you're not on the right path and you need to take the reins. How do you maintain that control over time? I could see it being oh, it's 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 it would be taxing. It'd be a lot of work if you didn't approach it the right way. What what do you recommend to people? I think there's an ebb and flow. And beautiful question by the way, because if you're always constantly searching for what's next, or am I on the right path? And then are you truly ever really immersed in the work that you're doing? And so there's this kind of this like up and down of, okay, I'm in the work. I'm in the work that I love. I'm going to be present. I'm going to make the most out of it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be invested. This is where I want to be. I'm showing up. And then it's like, okay, I'm coming up for air. Am I good? Am I in the right path? Who else should I be connecting with? What other relationships should I be building? And if you think about it almost in, in cycles and you're looking at, okay, so like these three or six month cycles that just checking for alignment and, and I keep throwing in different frameworks, but there's this career sweet spot that I developed and I do a bunch of workshops on it and it's a Venn diagram and it's the work that you are good at. So the work that you're confident at confidence, uh, you're confident in the skills that you have, the things you've been trained in the work that you love and passions as well so personal passions, and then the challenges that you want to face and the people you want to work with. And those three overlap, but they'll change because you'll get better at some things and, you know, you'll, you want to learn new things and you want to find new challenges. And sometimes the things that you're passionate about change too, based on your life experiences. And so you're constantly, you know, every three to six months saying, am I in the sweet spot? Am I in the sweet spot? And if I'm not in the sweet spot, then I nudge it a little bit. And these aren't big changes. These are volunteering for a project that you maybe not, you know, wouldn't have volunteered for or having a conversation with a director in a different department because you're curious about what they're doing. And so just approaching your career with a little bit of curiosity and then enjoying the work that you've created for yourself. So the, I, I think this is great. This makes this makes a lot of sense, and I like that that intersection, that Venn diagram. You're you're, you're speaking my language as an engineer right now. This, <laughs> this is great. Um, so what do you? How do you? How do you actually operationalize this? How do you execute? Do you, you book yourself for a weekend in a cabin in the woods twice a year to kind of get away from things and bring nothing but you know uh, peanut butter and bread and a pad of paper? Like like how <laughs> how, how would you how would you do this? Well, I think whatever works best for you, you need to front load a lot of this work. And the, the front loading of it is honestly the coaching program, I think, or just getting, you know, going to a cabin with a notepad and spending a bunch of time doing this type of this type of introspection. It can be exhausting because you're going against a lot of the programs that you've created in the past. And so you want to, you know, realize that it's not a rush, that you're you have time, your career's not ending. Your career actually will end only when you end because it's it's just a culmination of all your jobs. And so you, you don't, again, nothing needs to get done tomorrow. But take your time, do, do this style of introspection, front load this work. But then, you know, pay attention to how you feel, which is honestly the most important thing. The reason why you're probably asking yourself these questions is because you feel stuck and you feel like something is off. When you build this level of clarity and the sense of purpose and understand your brand, you will notice when things are off. And so when you notice things are off, 
What does that feel like to you? It may be different for everyone. Take a step back and go, why do I feel off? And do a quick exercise. Take 15 minutes. Because once you front load this and have this information, you, you'll be able to quickly make those adapt, you know, be quickly to adapt. Mm-hmm. And even what I love doing is I'll take a client and I'll, I'll make a values assessment tool. So we take their top 10 values. We score them one to 10 for anything that they have to do in their life from a project to a person, to a career opportunity, get a score of a hundred, just do that every now and then do a value audit and go, am I, am I in the right place? Right, right. That's great. And, and I think there's a lot of power in, in literally writing that down, getting that clarity. And, and this is a theme I think throughout everything you've said is, is that, is that clarity getting out of your own head for a little bit is, is extremely powerful. And it doesn't have to be exhausting. I know a lot of people are like, this is so much work. <laughs> but part of clarity is not having clarity. It's an interesting little thought is knowing that we're not going to know. Mm-hmm. And if you reflect back on the past 15, 20 years of your career, how much have you changed and evolved? There, this, there was this study and it was said something like people change a lot. And they will actually reflect and say, I've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But when you ask them if they're going to change a lot again, they all say no. <laughs> That's interesting. That, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Because we just forget. We just forget that we change and things change. And so it's, and we have no idea how things are going to work out. But all we can do, and this is, this is kind of the other, the other side of it, like not knowing how things are going to work out doesn't mean that you don't know what you care about. Hmm. And so we can show up in a way that matters to us at any point in time. But the things that we do and the things that work out and the things that happen don't have to be as planned because we are more focused on am I showing up in a way that is aligned with who I am as an individual. And so, again, this actually ends up leading to a lack of need for accomplishment and success and milestones and you know, this need for failure, a need for success and achievement mm-hmm. and changes the definition of failure, which ultimately also is a whole nother concept but is, is just a way to be happier in life. Like, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about self-leadership and you know, leading, leading yourself and leadership? It's ultimately just because we want to be happier at work. And that's really what this is about. You know, we care about doing good work and helping others do good work. And, and that, that feels good. Well, moving away from this idea of accomplishment to from, from achievement. Right. Into then, do I just feel good about myself? Right. Right, right, which is which is much deeper, right? Yeah, and much more yeah. important, and right? Yeah, it's much easier to get the dopamine hit. Yeah, of hey, I did, I got this milestone today. Look at this like that I got, or you know, going going throwing in social media to the mix. But it really is about do I feel good about myself? And that is, you have to drop this need for validation externally. Now we're getting some big concepts. But you see it a lot. You see it a lot in leaders. They get you know promoted into new into new management or become executives for the first time. Like every CEO is the, the CEO, you know, for the first time at some point. Hmm. I bet you they've had some self doubt. They all, at least I've met, I've never met one that hasn't. And it's this this movement from I need external validation. I need to do the things that used to make me feel good. So you get an individual contributor that is now a leader that doesn't know how to feel good about their work because now their work isn't actually doing the work that used to make them happy. Hmm. And it, it just really is moving away from this, this quick dopamine hit of, if I do this, I then feel good. Right. Instead of, I 
am living a life that I feel good about, which is very different. Right, right. One, one is one is more uh, almost almost like a, a a habit, right? You 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 take a particular action, you get a particular response, it feels good, yay. And the other is more more uh, more sense of being who you are, right? Yeah, your, the, your body wants to motivate you, and so it. It knows the easy things that make you feel good. That, that bag of chips, you yep. know, and that video game, uh, Netflix of some kind. Uh, and, and so when you change that in any way, shape, or form, it's going to be tough. And even like mm -hmm. this, this, taking a step back and doing this type of work is going to be tough because you're taking away the things that make you feel good. Hey, pit, being, you know, the victim and having self-pity, that, that also can make you feel good, even though it might not feel good in, ultimately just because you're used to it and it's how you cope with things. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, listen, Ben, this has been just phenomenal. I, I really, really appreciate everything uh, everything you've shared. Um, I'm guessing that a lot of people would be interested in you and your work and would love to learn more. What's the best thing for people to do if they'd like to uh, dig into you and your business? Yeah, pop over to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. Just how it's just how it sounds. Liveforyourselfconsulting.com. When you get to that website, you get a little pop up, and it'll ask you to download your free guide for creating a career that you love, and it will go over some of these question prompts that we talked about. So you can have those written out for you. You can do this work yourself, and you'll get some extra freebies from me as well in your inbox. Hey, that's awesome. That's fantastic, and I'll uh, absolutely put a link in the show notes to that. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Ben Ritter, thank you very, very much. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was unbelievably amazing and fun. I feel like I need to go do something self-leadership style right after this. So. <laughs> good, good. That's great. Well, we'll do it again soon. Thank you very much, Ben, for that chat. That was an awful lot of fun. Uh, quite a few things jumped out at me uh, when I re-listened to this interview a couple days after the fact. And one of the first things that really stood out was, was this idea that you're leading yourself whether you mean to or not. Whether you choose to or you choose not to, you, you really are still providing yourself guidance or, or in the very least making decisions that will have an impact on your life and your career. So the core element of our discussion that really came out was you have the ability to choose to better lead yourself. Whether you do or not is up to you, but that's really important is to make that choice, that intentionality. So I thought that was super interesting. The other thing that jumped out at me was the idea that clarity leads to confidence. And that's one of the big benefits that comes out of self-leadership is being clear on what you value, what your goals are, what you're striving for, what makes you tick. Really, in and of itself, having that really be uh, firmly implanted in your mind leads to confidence. And, and confidence, of course, feels good and leads to good things in your career. So that, that, I think, is something that we can all take away from this. Finally, organizations have a responsibility to help people lead themselves. This wasn't something that had really uh, occurred to me in, in, in such a concrete way in the past, is that every organization really does have both the, the opportunity and responsibility, I think, to set the stage to allow people to lead themselves. You want people who are independent thinkers. You want people who are really excited to, to pursue their own paths, their own dreams, their own goals. And the way you work as an organization and the environment you create and the culture you have can really either promote or, or disincentivize 
that kind of behavior. So I, I originally thought we we're going to talk really almost exclusively about, about leading ourselves, but creating this environment where self-leadership can happen, I think is, is a really interesting topic in and of itself. And I'm glad we, we talked about that. For more information or any of the, the links or resources or anything we mentioned during this episode, just go to the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 30. Next up, we've got the engineering and leadership mailbag. Well, my friends, you know how this works. This is the part of the show where I read your messages and answer your questions. I promise to read absolutely everything you send me, and I promise to share my favorites here on the podcast. A little while ago, I got uh, a really nice uh, letter from... <laughs> letter. It's like it came in in the mail. That's not how we roll. Uh, a really nice email from uh, Lewis Murray, who said, Hi, Pat. I wanted to thank you for all the encouraging emails and information you put out. I graduated in 2016, and after finding your content, it motivated me to study and receive my FE in 2018. FE is the Fundamentals of Engineering uh, exam, which uh, American engineers often take. Uh, went on to say, I failed the first time, but passed the second time after many adjustments later that year. I never got the chance to thank you over these few years. I hope one day to receive a professional engineering designation. Thank you for your words of encouragement, and I wish you all the best. Sincerely, Lewis Murray. Thank you very, very much, Lewis. That it's it's great, great, great to hear from from folks who have read my material uh, over the last several years or, or listened to the podcast. To think that uh, I'm able to help in any small way is is hugely gratifying. So thank you and best of luck when you do decide to go get your, your PE. And next, uh, I had a, a really nice uh, message over LinkedIn from Tofik Munib. Uh, Tofik is a, an old colleague of mine uh, who I've not, uh, not connected with in, in a few years. So it was really nice to hear from Tofik. He said, hi, Pat. I just thought to drop you a line to thank you for your podcasts. Uh, very relevant topic in my work. You definitely have some gems in there. You've kept my wife and I much entertained during a recent Kingston to Montreal to Kingston trip. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, Kingston, Ontario to Montreal, Quebec is a bit of a, it, it's a, it's a bit of a hike. So Tofik, awesome to hear from you. Thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And uh, Tofik uh, also sent along a list of, of suggested topics, which were, were great and really leaned into the systems engineering work that he and I did together once upon a time. If you have... Uh, ideas for topics or questions or guests or anything, I would, I'd be thrilled to hear from you. So the best way to reach out to me is through engineeringandleadership.com slash contact. And there are a number of different ways to reach out to me there or, uh, or on LinkedIn. And I'll make sure that both those links are on the show notes. So thank you once again, Tofik, and thank you to Lewis. Um, again, I love hearing from, uh, from fans of the show. Please do reach out if ever, uh, if ever you want to connect. That is all the time we have for the show today. I'll be back next week with our next episode, which I am extremely excited about. I know every every week I say I'm excited about the next show because I am, but this one is special. Next week, you'll be hearing about a chat I had with David Marquet, the author of Turn the Ship Around and Leadership is Language, about this latest book, about leadership is language and the power and importance of what we say as leaders and what we don't say. So do tune in for that. That is, that's going to be an absolute blast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be great if you could leave a review for me on whatever podcast service or device you're using. Honest feedback helps me make the show better and helps others find it as well. And if you do leave a review, 
you will absolutely be featured in the mailbag. For more information, links, and resources, head on over to engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 30. Until next time, this is Pat Sweet reminding you that if you're going to be anything, be excellent. You've been listening to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet. If you'd like to learn more, go to engineeringandleadership.com where you'll find more free articles, podcasts, and downloads to help engineers thrive. That's engineeringandleadership.com.